0: With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton.
1: It is Saturday, July 24th, 2021, season 17, episode number two. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from Oxnard, California. It is day three of Training Camp 2021 that is presented by American Airlines. And I'm here with Dave and Nick. We're talking Cowboys football with you guys. For the next 45 minutes, uh, today will be the Cowboys' third practice. That'll start at 11 a.m. Pacific time. I'm sorry. Second we practice that off day. of day three. It was yes. weird. Second it was real weird. But, you know, it was interesting because yesterday, uh, Mike McCarthy talked about kind of his rationale there. And he said it's the first time he's ever given um, a day of rest after only one practice. But after kind of seeing how the team was kind of responding to it, he said he'll probably stick with that. Going forward, what do you guys think?
2: Is he gonna have a choice? I mean, is that his choice to? to stick I think two? how he how he arranges it, I think, is his choice. Yeah, I don't think you that- could tell by Kellen Moore talking and him talking that you know they're they're being careful with their words because they know this is an NFLPA type thing. But I mean, they don't love it. Uh, that you know, it's just stop, start, stop, start. It's gonna be like that all of camp as well. But. Yeah. Um, but you got to be smart on you know what, what the off day is. It's not a practice, but it's not necessarily an off day. They're still doing something. I did think Mike, and I
3: agree with that, but I thought Mike made an interesting point that I don't know that I'd ever considered, but like, there's a lot of anxiety that goes into this. Maybe not for your stars and the guys that have done this a million times, but a lot of the guys on the roster don't fit that description. You're fighting for a job, fighting for a roster spot. A lot of them never been in the NFL before. Totally get that. So maybe it's uh, maybe it is a good thing to you know you get your practice under you, you catch your breath and say, all right, I'm here, I'm situated in my hotel room. I've been on the field. I got this. I know where the meeting rooms are, and now we can go. Having said that, it is going to be kind of herky jerky because I think we do we do two in a row this weekend, and then they're off again. It's so it's it is not what
2: it used to be, but that's well
3: probably a good thing for what's player the, health.
2: What's the difference between? the nba and major league baseball and the nfl regular season games i mean it's the fact that there's a bunch of them Mm -hmm. you know and the nfl is like there's only a few and a couple can change your whole season i think the same can be said with practice there's only a few of these practices 13 practices you get four preseason games so 17, 18 times you're going to get a chance to go out there and put something on tape. I mean, that that means everything. This isn't just a throwaway practice. Every rep, every play is a, is a big deal, especially like Dave's talking about, those younger guys.
1: Yeah, and building them up a little bit to, to get them prepared for a long season. I, there actually is a method to this. If you look at how they arrange these schedules in these off days, you have one practice, then you have an off day. Then you have two practices. Then you have an off day. Then you have three practices. Then you have an off day. Um, It's almost as though they're kind of building them into the repetitive motion of getting their bodies back ready to be able to compete at a high level on a day-to-day basis. And that's not a bad thing, Dave. You and I were talking before the show started about running. It's the same thing. When you're building your body up, the worst thing you can do is just jump right in and go all in for, you know, Seven days in a row, you kind of want to build yourself back into it to get yourself ready
3: to go. And that's my slow ass jogging <laughs> down the street, not playing NFL football. Either way, so, yeah. either way, the no, concept is still the same. If I can ruin my body doing that, then I yeah, then right. they need to be as careful as possible. Right, all right. So they did have their first day of practice, uh,
1: and I wanted to to give some some opportunity for you guys to give some impressions uh, from what you saw. If there was a particular player or moment that stood out to you, good or bad, I'll start with you, Nick.
2: Well, I thought um, there was a, a a couple of drills, especially the seven on seven. I I thought that the cornerbacks were very active with their hands. I felt like a lot of the balls were getting ripped out, poked out, knocked away. Some even intercepted inbounds or out of bounds. But <laughs> um, as Trayvon and and Dak and, and and that and by the way, that's going to be a good. I mean, Trayvon Diggs, I think is, is is has a chance to really be a guy that that could he could be a star in, in the making because he's just so competitive you got to remember he's been chasing his, his older brother his whole life you know which which everyone in the league is trying to do too and so uh that's you know i think helped him here but i thought it was a Wright, anthony brown um there's a maybe a, a couple other corners i thought jordan lewis had a nice play. it was just all like in a seven or eight play spam it was every play was like defensive back ripping the ball out making a nice play so um that was one, and one. I thought the defense was better than the offense in, in some of those drills there.
3: Did you hear what Dan Quinn, did you catch what he said about Trayvon Diggs yesterday? I really enjoyed it. Wait. He said, he was like, when he catches the ball, you don't hear it. Yeah. yeah, he's, yeah. Nat, he's natural. Like, he's not fighting it. He's not making a big production out of it. It's just, <laughs> and I I just I thought. Like a receiver. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was fun. First um, of all, Dan Quinn's not going to get on the mic enough.
1: No, yes. for real. Love man. his press conferences. For real. Love his press conferences.
3: Um,
2: he
1: learned something, he's yeah. interesting. I, I love his press conferences.
2: I've never seen anyone just naturally throw in cuss words. My my, my, six-year-old my son guy. is working on that, but but my kind of guy. <laughs> but yeah, but for, I mean he just naturally throws in these cuss words. It's, yeah, it's 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 awesome. Yeah, yeah it, it is. really
3: is. He's good. He's really good. Um it's easy to focus on him because of who he is, but I'm having a hard time not getting excited about Micah Parsons. And I say that as I'm going to keep saying it. I would have picked Rashawn Slater. I was not 100% on board with the pick. So I'm not the Micah Parsons fan club leader here trying to tell y'all to be excited about this guy. But it's hard not to watch him and get excited, man. Like, they're doing, they're doing a lot of stuff with him. Mike McCarthy said yesterday they probably did too much with him because they're probably excited too. He's lining up in a lot of different places. Um, you know, there was a video on Twitter. Yep, and it's, non, it's unpadded. you unpadded. got to remember that. I get it. But he zipped right around Lyle Collins on a rep, on a rep in, 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 like, the individual, just fundamental stuff. Uh, his closing speed is so impressive. Again, you know, not even tackling people, but just his angles and the quickness with which he gets to the ball. I, I cannot wait to see him actually play football because he's not doing that yet. Like, yeah. we, he hasn't worn a pad yet.
2: I can't wait to see what it looks like when he does. Well, and, and, and I think that naturally uh, he's he's only going to push the guys around him. And, and I think Keon O'Neill's doing it too. That mm-hmm. guy is, is, is a pro, He had a big a play. Nice um, play. If, <clears throat> if Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith um, don't step up their games just because of it, then, then they're not suited for this team and probably even this league. And I think that they will. They have they, – this is contract years for both of them. Say what you want about Jalen yeah, Smith. I think yeah. we all know it's a contract year for him. Keon O'Neill as well. Michael Parsons is the only one that's got a little bit of – you know, he's going to be here for a while, obviously. But still, he's a rookie, and he's jumping at the bit. So I think all of those guys pushing each other. Jabril Cox will jump into the mix here. I mean, this has a chance to really be a great unit, and I'm hoping Jalen Smith and Leighton Van Der Esch kind of rise to the occasion. I, th- I think that they will.
1: One guy I'll throw out there that I noticed, and I wasn't even looking for him, but noticed him quite a few uh, times, was Randy Gregory. I was actually looking at the offensive tackles because I really wanted to see how they look coming back. Again, not in pass, just wanted to see how they're moving. I was looking at Lyle Collins some, was looking at uh, Tyron Smith some. And ironically, on some of those plays I was watching them, Randy Gregory swiped right around them. And I I go back to, you know, Dan Quinn's uh, press conference yesterday, and he talked about his rare ability to bend. And it makes it tougher for those bigger tackles to be able to get a hand on him because he can get around that edge and bend in a way to where it makes it very tough for them to get to him. And even the day before, we've been hearing all these reports about, you know, Randy even had a statement about how he felt like last year he kind of got looked over a little bit. Dan Quinn doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Seems like he's all in on figuring out how much and, and how to effectively use Randy Gregory, and is excited about using him this year.
2: Yeah, um, we got a chance to talk to Randy. He was going to, up to the front to get some pizza. You know, he's not the only person that sometimes decides to get his own food and not, not the food here provided. Dave. but, but um, <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> but he was talking about Dan Quinn, uh, Randy was, and he was said, that's my guy, you know, and yeah. it's like – only been here for a little bit, but that's my guy. He said because he said he is the perfect coach for what you want. He gives you praise. He will get right in your face. I don't think he said face, but yeah. he said you know he he'll he'll tell you you know when you have to. He goes and that's exactly what you want because players want that. They want that as long as if it's justified and you can see it. He's like they want they want that and you know he said he he has a perfect compliment mix of that of being able to you know be your guy be on you know your side, but at the same time like look at this. This was, you know, horse. <laughs> like, figure it out. Horse or again, goal dropping or, those words in the right
1: place, Dan right time.
3: Have, Dan would have just said it. He said it three or four times. Yeah, year, right? it's just I don't even But think, you said know, it in it was, such a
1: nice way, right? Yeah. He just says it in a way where you're like, oh, it's okay. Yeah. It's not
3: really a bad word the way you say it. I thought it's I
1: was fine. talking to Dave. You yeah, know, just well. This rolls off. <laughs> All right, I did want to talk a little bit about some news yesterday. We started hearing reports that Malik Cooker uh, is possibly being flirted with as a possibility to come in here, uh, safety. Um, talk to me about what we know at this point. Maybe we know nothing, but what we know at this point, and, and if, if he is coming in, what is, how, do, how can he help uh, on this team?
3: we knew there was interest. I mean, this isn't the first time they've talked to him. They brought him in in March at the same time they brought in DeMonte Casey. And they they signed Casey, and from the sounds of it, they wanted to see a little bit more from Hooker in his rehab. Maybe he wasn't as far along. Uh, so they're bringing him in. It's not a done deal, but it sounds like as long as the medical checks out, it will be. Um I'm in favor of it. I don't have a problem with it. I, it's we talked about this yesterday. I, the timing is just kind of weird to me. Like, I, I guess maybe maybe if they just weren't sold on his Achilles and they just they wanted to see it progress a little bit more, maybe that makes sense. But you know, they had a long time to sign him, and we like we haven't been at camp long enough for them to know. They've had one practice. Like, I doubt they just decided like, oh, <laughs> these guys suck. We got to get somebody else. You know, yeah. so. It's just interesting in that regard that, you know, they could have done this two weeks ago before they flew out here. But, again, I'm not questioning it because I think it's a good idea. It's
2: just weird timing to me. Well, yeah. And, you know, he's got to pass five tests, you know. So that's another part of why, you know, maybe they could have done this a little bit earlier. Because that means he's going to miss some some time. So if they're going to do it, they better do it and start that clock. And I'm not sure that they haven't already. I'm not sure. If it's five tests after you sign, or just five tests since you get here, yeah. five in a row—I I, don't—I don't know. I don't know the the whole deal with that. Uh, I do know this: the fans like what they see and have seen out of Donovan Wilson. Uh, he makes plays. He's made plays since the preseason. Since he games. got here, yeah. Yeah. Um, they like him more than the coaches do. Is my opinion. I'm not saying the coaches don't like him. Yeah. But. They are not as, as sold with him. I think I think there's coverage issues there uh, in the back end. I, I don't want to compare him to Roy Williams, but I think it can be that sometimes when you see big hits, you see big plays but from the safety position. And, and another thing, Dan Quinn, he really did a nice job of talking about because he and how important that position is with communication and all that. Not knocking Donovan Wilson. I just don't think the Cowboys are as comfortable with him making plays on the back end. As, or, as, yeah. Some of the I think the fans I think are.
3: the average fan has Donovan's name written in Sharpie, mm-hmm. and the coaching staff is like, yeah, pencil maybe, pencil. yeah, <laughs> maybe. Uh, but, but it is interesting because Donovan Wilson to me is he's the box guy. I mean, he's yeah. your strong safety. He's the thumper. He's not a coverage guy. That's not his game. Hooker is, Hooker's a free safety. Hooker's coverage all the way. That's his thing. He was a ball hawk in college. That's what got him drafted so high. And Casey, too. Like, Casey doesn't have the frame to play in the box. Right. I'm not – I think I said this in the spring. I'm not exaggerating. DeMonte Casey is not that much taller than me. Like, he's he's not big by NFL standards. <laughs> right. um, so, that's – it's interesting because, I you know, I don't think Malik Hooker is competition for Donovan Wilson because I just think their roles are a lot different. So, if he does sign um, – that's it's just that's, interesting cuz yeah. I think you've probably got a competition between Casey and Hooker to see who's going to be that free guy. And
1: that's the part that also like I'm wondering about because again this is a this is a team that we expect is going to play a lot of cover 3, uh, a lot of single safety high. The expectation is that they're going to legitimately have a guy that stays back and a guy that's up closer to the box and my thought was Demonte Casey is their guy. Like they brought him in for purpose and since he's gotten here he's certainly from our expectations i think we've all talked about how he's exceeded that just the fact that he's actually on the field and to be to come back from that injury that quickly and be out there playing the expectation is okay they're getting what they kind of wanted so to bring in another guy it makes
3: you makes you question just a little bit right although it well like i said i think the timing's weird like you know they could have done this anytime between march and and before they got out here but i don't want to talk out of both sides of my mouth cuz like i said I think this is a good thing because this is a debate that we have with the fans every summer, where they're like, "Why don't you go get Hooker?" and we're like, "Well, they have Casey," mm. and it's like, "Is Demonte Casey good enough?" Like, you're just like, "We solved our problems. Right. We're good to go." No, and and Malik Hooker shouldn't break the bank to the point where you can't get both. So throw them both out there and Swap. see what you got. So I think I think the timing is weird, but I very much appreciate that the Cowboys were like. Yeah, why not just go get a former first-round pick and see if he's better than what we got? I think it's
2: a great idea. I think the safety position is one where they are completely throwing stuff at the wall and looking at what sticks at this point. They you should. Know? Which,
1: yeah. that's, that's all they can do at this point. If you're right?
3: not going to draft one, you might as well do what you can. Try and, to sneak in and get yeah, a which former first-rounder. It's is, it is it's Will McClay 101. You know, First-round pick who can be had on the cheap, who maybe you can help him revitalize his career. We'll see what happens. All right, we're if, gonna, if he signs. I guess we don't even yeah, know yeah, for he, sure if right. that's going to happen.
1: We're going to take our first break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about the uh, coordinators. They all spoke to the media yesterday, Kellen Moore, Dan Quinn, and John Fossil. Uh, there were some interesting things that each of them said that we'll go through. We'll talk about that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio.
2: Don't miss the Cowboys Back Together event on July 31st featuring live music, exclusive merchandise, deals, prizes, and more. Visit dallascowboys.com slash training camp for more information and practice times out here in Oxnard.
1: Welcome back to the second segment of The Break Live from Oxnard, California, day three of Training Camp 2021 presented by American Airlines. Let's talk about the coordinators. Yesterday, Kellen Moore, Dan Quinn, and John Fossil took their turns with the media to uh, discuss various various topics. Um, So we're going to go through here a few things I I heard from each of them that I wanted to get your your thoughts on. Kellen Moore talked about Dak. Uh, He was asked the question about Dak rushing after the injury, and uh, his response was it would be foolish of us to take that away from him. You guys agree with that, or disagree, or do you think that maybe they should at least consider the possibility of altering how they use it—maybe less called runs—or do you think, yeah, you stick with what it is? It's football.
3: The chance of injury is always there. You got to keep doing what you do. What you just said. Yeah, it's football, and and it is a crucial element of Dak's game. He's never going to be Lamar Jackson running for 800, 1100 yards a year, but he needs that. And I, you know. I think the stat is – I mean, he's hes among, if not the league leader in, like, red zone touchdowns as a quarterback. I mean, he's, he just brings an element that opens things up, not to mention his ability to scramble and make plays on the move. I mean, half or more of the best plays of his career are when something broke down and he scrambled and made something happen. He, I mean, he's just got a knack for it. Not to mention, he I mean, what, this is – he's played five years of pro ball. He was a three-year starter at Mississippi State carrying that offense on his back, carrying the ball 500 times a year for them and never got seriously hurt. So, no,
2: I wouldn't change anything about the way Dak plays. I mean, Paul George still jumps. You know, he still makes plays. I mean, I'm sorry to say it. He had one of the worst injuries that you've ever seen or not seen, if you're like me and look away. You have things <laughs> like that that happen, and, Which, you, and you have to come back.
3: To your point, like, I forget that that ever happened right. to Paul
2: George. Like, right. when he was – Kicking ass in the playoffs this year, yeah. not even thinking about it. Yep. Um, you know, it's just it. Like Dave said, I mean, he's not Lamar Jackson, but he might be closer to that than he would be Aaron Rodgers. You know, and I don't want to get into all that. I mean, Dyak is a complete quarterback. He he really is. Yeah. Um. Because because he 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 throws the ball, runs the ball, all that. But but what makes him special is that he's got that knack to kind of go get it and, and find. You know, get those extra yards and carry people in and flip over the top and all that and fearless to do whatever it takes. And so you take that away from them, you're taking away, you know, if you take that away from them, then he becomes that three-star recruit that that nobody not everybody really wanted or that fourth round pick that not everybody wanted because they're not me- measuring what's really on the inside of him and the stuff that's on the inside is someone that's going to say I'm kicking ass I'm going to run your ass over or flip over you or do whatever it takes you're taking that away if you if you don't let him be dak and that and the the play where he hurt his ankles is so
3: freak you know i mean he's been tackled so many times and let's he got, he got mauled in college. Like if you like, <laughs> just like he was, he's a one man show going against Alabama. And don't tell me that's this like that's too different than the NFL. Like that was Jonathan Allen and mm-hmm. yeah, those, those guys are in the, NFL. the guys that are in the NFL <laughs> right. right now were yeah. just teeing off on him. And he didn't have Tyron Smith. Yeah, on he didn't right. have those guys. Yeah. He might have had like one other NFL player on those teams. Yeah. um, and he was fine. I just. I don't, you know, you can't, you can't live in fear. Scared money don't make money. Let him play. I'm gonna do something a little fun here. I'm
1: gonna take a little offshoot. This was not on our rundown, but it, I, as you guys were talking, I was reminded of this. I was watching uh, ESPN yesterday, and one of the guys on there who I'm not a huge fan of his anyway. So, um, and I'm only saying that. I'll tell you why I'm saying that. But um, he he made the comment. He said, "I think Dak Prescott and Daniel Jones have the exact same skill set." And I, again, I'm not a big fan of it. So my first reaction was you're dumb. And, and so it, I don't know if I said that because I already don't like his brand of of commentary or if it really was a false statement. But as I started thinking about it, I was like, could this be true? And I'm just not giving enough credit because of the person that said it. So I wanted to get your opinion. Do you think that's a that's a fair statement to say that they have similar skill sets?
3: There's a lot of there's a lot of good people doing work at, in the national media. I'm not just I'm not saying all media sucks, yeah. but like just some of those guys are just so stupid. I don't <laughs> care. I don't, I don't care. Here. Da- and 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 Daniel Jones is a good athlete. Like, yes, he's a very good athlete. He's, yeah. he's the classic like sneaky athletic, which is just a nice way of saying he's white. Yeah, right? kind of like Joe Burrow. Right. Um, he, I had to just get that part. Yeah, I'm that. just saying. Like, but, no, people said it about him all yeah. through that season and, and during the draft process. Like, Daniel Jones is a good athlete, but, I mean, come on. He played 14 games last year and threw 11 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. He didn't crack 3,000 yards. Like, Dak, Dak was comparable to that in five games. Come, like, and need we bring up the the highlight of him tripping over his own feet with nobody around him? Nick was just talking about, yeah. I mean, you know, Dak is throwing Josh Norman out of the way in the open field and flipping over people to win playoff games. Like, shut up! That no. And Daniel Jones is a good athlete, but he doesn't deserve to be compared to Dak at this point in his career.
2: Well, and I think you know skill set. What what is that? What what are we really saying here? Does he throw the ball better than than Dak? I don't know. Maybe I don't know, but I don't care. Like like all that what Dave's saying. None of that stuff really matters. Can you get the job done? Can you go and take your team to the next level? Can you get from here to there without falling down? Can you not fumble the football and all that? He's not hes not there, the type of quarterback that, that Dak is. And Dak in his second year was way above what, what he is as well. So, I mean, skill set. I always think about skill set of can you go out to Disney World and be in that quarterback challenge or whatever. Okay, great. Can you two? translate it? Can, yeah. can you beat Which, the guy?
3: Ironically, he, people killed Dak for years cuz he did that and sucked at it. Yeah. Remember that? Like I think yeah. maybe David Carr beat him mm-hmm. in one of those like accuracy games. Like Dak was just there to promote something and like people pulled that video up for years. I don't give a damn that's, about that. Right, that's care. not
2: what it is. That's yeah. not, you know, that's uh, it, it it's not about that. And so I skills Ma- who cares? Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't.
3: Daniel, Joe, I looked it up. Like, Dan- da- sorry, I didn't uh, mean but that's like
2: that's just like saying that that this guy, you know, like Kyle Korver, is a better shooter than you know Kobe Bryant or whatever. <laughs> okay, maybe he could win the three point contest, but let's play. Yeah. Why don't we just put him out there and let's play and see what happens? You know, yeah. Steve Kerr was a really good shooter, but he wouldn't he wasn't beating yeah. you know Michael Jordan. Daniel so.
3: Jones, Daniel Jones threw for twenty nine hundred yards and eleven touchdowns in fourteen games. Dak threw for eighteen hundred and nine <laughs> in five, not even five, four and a half because he left yep. the Giants game early. So, I no stop. I maybe I'm wrong. No, maybe no, well no, I'm like maybe Daniel Jones is going to be a revelation and really turn the corner. But if I had to guess, I think four months from now the Giants are going to look like idiots for not going after Justin <laughs> Fields. If I had to guess. Well, and, and,
2: you know, whoever said that, I don't even know who said that, but basically just trying to draw people off sides. And, Derek, you just – DeMarcus heard well, that thing around the corner. No, no, no. I,
1: the reason why is because, again, sometimes you know how it goes. There are certain people you really respect and others you don't. Mm-hmm. And so others you don't, typically when they say things, it's easy to dismiss them. Right. And so I was like – and as I, honestly, as I started thinking about it, I thought, well, he can run the ball. He probably doesn't get as much credit for being able to run the ball as he does. We know he can throw the ball downfield. We've seen that before. He's done that pretty good with the Giants. So when you just think about it from that standpoint, those two skills, you could probably make some argument that they're comparable. I still was like, I still am not willing to go there. But I just wanted to make sure I wasn't t- thinking about this more so from the standpoint of me having not really. Yeah, I don't think this. he's a
2: terrible quarterback at all. I think he. I yeah. You know, I think they have a chance to. To be pretty good offensively, he's going to come into his own. He's got a running back now, you know, be back, and I think that they got. He's got a good complement
1: of receivers out there. In. We'll see how good they are with him, but I think he's got just just on the face of it, decent set of, of receivers down there. Yeah. All right, let's let's move on. Let's talk about um, Dan Quinn and his, his comment. The first one I want to talk about, um, he told his story about uh, a situation where they mic'd up uh, Demonte uh, Casey, uh, Dave, tell that story and, and kind of the relevance that he of the point he was making with the story.
3: Yeah, Casey tipped us off to it when he spoke to the media, but he was basically saying, you know, Dan Quinn's going to come up with ways to, to get what he wants out of you. And, you know, he's a talkative, loud personality guy in life, but on the field, he he wasn't doing enough. He wasn't communicating. He wasn't talking as much as he needed to. Uh, And this was back when he was in Atlanta years ago, not right now. But um, so Dan Quinn mic'd him up, like not like NFL films, mic'd him up, you know, coaching staff just to kind of show him what he was or in this case was not doing. And then uh, I think Dan Quinn was saying he showed him the video, which I think everybody's seen the video Mm -hmm. of John Lynch in the Super Bowl for Tampa. And, you know, he told Dexter Jack, he would like before the play, he was like, we saw this on tape. This is going to be that sluggo. And if you're right here, you're good to go. And he picked it off and ran it back for a touchdown. And like John Lynch was like, "That's that's what I, right? That's what I said, right?" Uh, which I always thought John Lynch was trying to like take credit for the like. He's like, "Hey, well, Dexter made the pick, but what anyway?" Um, but so Dan Quinn's point was, you know, it's not enough to say like, "Hey, shade left, shade right." Like you, you got to t- talk to coach and say, yeah. "We, you know, we saw this. They, they tend to do this in this formation. Keep your eye out for that." And I think he said, you know it's it's basically essential at the safety position. that's part of your job mm-hmm. and uh I think it was just really Casey was saying like that's what we talk about when we say he's a player coach is that he will do that type of stuff to help you get the most yeah. out of your game
2: and I wish that that more fans would would realize that you know just because you're a cornerback that might be slowing down you know and and people think, well, if you're a cornerback like that you just just play." You know, just play safety. Mm-hmm. You know, you're older now. You want we just move him to safety? Well, first of all, you got to be able to hit, tackle, and want to do it. And you also have to do what what he's talking about. Understand the full Understand game. Understand everybody's position and get them lined up. And and it's not it's not you know every day where a cornerback or can can just do that. It, it's happened. There's been some good corners that kind of shift over into that. But you know, it, it there's more to a safety than just being a guy that's kind of a slower corner. It's not what it is at all. Mm-hmm. Which I think Quinn also, you know, referencing the John Lynch tape, he was like,
3: "That's the championship standard. We're trying to meet that." Doesn't mean you're not going to be that from the get, but that's where you're trying to go if, when you understand things on that level. Yep. All right. Uh,
1: another thing he said that was interesting to me, and this was kind of he just kind of threw this in, but he was talking about the cornerbacks, and he said uh, there will be times we'll want to make we'll want to match up, and he was talking about moving them around. The, the question was. Should we expect to see the guys lining the cornerbacks lining up on the on the same side consistently? He was like, "No, I think we're going to move them around because there are times you might want to match up." And it was the first time I'd really heard the the idea that that they may be traveling guys because they want to get a, a particular matchup. So my question for you guys is, um, did, did you get the same thing that that could suggest that they may decide to travel guys for specific matchups on game days? And if so, who's the number one cornerback you think on this team? that would match up with the top wide receiver from an opponent or do you expect this to be kind of something that varies based upon the skill set of that particular player and then they match up the corner they think is best to travel with him.
2: I don't think they have that corner right now. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I mean I mean digs, yeah, we think he's 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 going, you know, forward and he's gonna be a really good player, but I haven't seen that. I mean he got burnt a lot last year. We gave him that rookie pass because he is a rookie thrown into the fire. He's gonna—he got thrown in more than what Joseph's gonna get thrown into, I believe. Um, but but he handled it. He kept coming back for more, and I think he's getting better. But I think Diggs' style of play is going to have a really big game, defensive player of the week type of game, two interceptions and stuff. I think he'll also get burned really bad a game too because he—that's the type of player he is. I see a Janoris Jenkins type guy with him. Kind of hot and cold. I mean, just because he's going to be the risk taker. But he's going to get picks. He's going to get beat at times, too. So I don't know if, if they have a guy yet. I will say and this. Okay honestly,
1: I prefer that kind of guy. Okay give, me, give me a couple turnovers. Give me some turnovers because guess what? Every cornerback gets beat. Right. I want the guy that is also going to, if you're going to get beat sometimes, sometimes give me the ball. Like, give yeah. me a turnover, and I'll take that. I'll, I'll accept the fact that you're going to get beat for times. You'd
2: rather have that or Byron Jones? We really didn't get beat a lot. Didn't make a lot of picks. I, I want the
1: guy that's going to give me some turnovers. I see. That's a tough one, I'm especially with an offense that that I
3: expect is going to score like this one. Give me some turnovers. I think I'm just that memory of Dez just abusing Janoris Jenkins all those years maybe, ago. Maybe that's a bad example. No, I no, I, I <laughs> hear you though. Um, I mean, I would
2: say Terrell Buckley, but you know, most people don't even remember that guy. I was about to say that was like that's back in the day. Buckley get five or six picks a game and yeah. Gets burnt.
3: Yeah. To be honest with you, I really –
2: Five, six, a year, not a game. I was going to say, like, <laughs> that would have gotten that'd fired. A year. Best that'd have game fired. ever.
3: Um, <laughs> I really thought Dan was just talking more about figuring things out at training camp than, like, what they're going to do. He he had a great line that I liked a lot talking about, you know, we basically got 40 days before this really starts to count. And, like, and over those 40 days, we just got to figure this whole thing out. And I think that's part of that, which I do love that, though, you know. They're going to they're gonna move guys around. You're not always going to be at left corner, right corner. Anthony Brown, he said he's going to play a lot of nickel while he's here. Um, Kelvin Joseph and, and Trayvon Diggs maybe as well. I think it's just about finding who does what the best so that when you get to the season, maybe you have those options. Mm-hmm. As, you know, I, right now from what we've seen – I don't even like to talk about traveling guys because that implies that you have a badass cornerback (laughs) who can do that. It's Mm -hmm. like, like even, you know, it's cool that these guys have the versatility. Like, I think it's valuable that A.B. can move into the slot, but it's like, okay, guys, we're playing. We're playing the best slot in the league. A.B. get in there. It's like, oh, no, like, I'm (laughs) terrified. That's number one. So I think it's really just more about finding who's comfortable with what so that, you know, what. What you can do with them when it is time to match up against opponents. All right. Let's talk about uh, actually, before we get to John
1: Fossil and, and what he had to say about special teams, which I thought was really interesting, we're going to take our final break and, uh, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit of special teams. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio.
2: Stay in the know on all things Dallas Cowboys. You can sign up for email notifications for exclusive offers, Cowboys events, and so much more. Sign up via email at DallasCowboys.com slash subscribe.
1: Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break, live from Oxnard, California. This is going to be the second pra- practice the Cowboys will have out here this afternoon. I mean I'm sorry, this morning, starting at eleven A.M. Pacific time. We will have uh, content out of that as we normally do. I'm sure Dave will have his phone on the sideline giving you all the latest video of of practice plays. And and, uh, we'll have our training camp live, too, that we'll be producing this afternoon uh, where our writers will take a a segment of a competitive period of practice and uh, talk about it, talk about the players involved. Really good piece of content if you've not seen it before, so make sure you go and check that out on any of our platforms, DallasCowboys.com, Cowboys Mobile, or especially uh, on Connected TV uh that'll be Apple TV, Amazon Fire or Roku. All right. So, uh let's talk about John Fossil, special teams coordinator. Um, <laughs> yesterday, he started not not started the, the his portion. There was actually a little part before that when we were talking about his dad, really emotional stuff. Uh but then we got into some of the conversations. Should
2: that have been the first question
1: um you guys are more into the whole protocol of the media yeah nobody likes to talk about that stuff more than us that's fair well well, what i'm saying is uh, you guys have unwritten rules it's like baseball right you guys have unwritten rules about you know the the enders and all that kind of stuff which i really don't get involved in (laughs) i I think the thing about it and jory even said it jory epstein said it you know it's hard to to kind of shift to football after that but You know that's that's how the press conferences work. Sometimes I thought
3: it was you know it's it's the first time we've seen him since his father passed away and give him a chance to talk about it. And I'd rather have it come at the beginning or the end than ask five football questions. Get into it
2: it and and then go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. And so uh, you know, I I thought it was it was nice. He had some very um, very uh, complimentary things, obviously, to say about his dad and his relationship with his dad. And so I thought it was it was well done. Uh, interesting stuff. If you hadn't heard it, you can go back and check it out. But that being said, uh, the conversation then moved to long snappers. And I'll speak for myself. I was under the impression going into this offseason that it was almost a a no-brainer that L.P. Latticer would return Mm -hmm. as their long snapper. He'd been in forever. I don't think he was a bad long snapper. I thought he was good at what he did. But uh, they made the decision to move on to Jake McQuaid. And the question was asked about what the primary reason was for that. And, Nick, I liked your follow-up question because you asked him, so what makes a good long snapper? Yeah. What, what was his answer, and how is that relevant to what he was talking about? Or do you think it's relevant to what he was talking about with I why they went with McQuaid?
2: I don't remember the answer. And once he said that was a good question, I was patting myself on the back, and I totally <laughs> just didn't understand. No, I'm kidding. He, <laughs> he he said throwing the ball back is That's, line one, yeah, you know, yeah. Garrett would say. Everyone can throw the ball back. Seriously, watch college football. I how, how many bad snaps do you really see? It happens, yeah. but the guys that are training they can do yeah. it. That's not what it's about. It's about protections, it's about understanding where the where the where the um, rush is coming from. And then it's also about getting in lanes. It's not just running down the field and making tackles. It's also staying in your lane and making sure across the, you know, the line that you're good and now he's not the first one down, but he's, you know, LP was down there enough that you know, so you got to have some athleticism to do that. You got to have some understanding. And w- more than anything, did you hear what he said about what Jake Mc- Jake McQuaid I think wants to be a linebacker? Yeah. Okay, he's not one. He wants to be though. He understands. He still does reps and stuff to tackle because he still got to do it. Didn't see LP doing that. And I'm not gonna throw out. L- you said LP was a good snapper. LP was a phenomenal snapper. He Had no bad snaps in 17 years. A phenomenal snapper. Now maybe what Fossil's trying to do and some other things. Jake McQuaid fits better. He's had him before. They both were free agents pick the one that you like and he said I think LP has some ball left in him even though no one assigned him he said I think McQuaid's got a lot of football left in him so you know he went from what 40 to 32 33, 33. you know mm-hmm. that's you know that's that's what it would but it was it was just more to it than just you know because they're all going to be perfect in snaps knock on wood I thought that would that last part was interesting to me I mean people were all
3: curious and up in arms about that when it happened. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, coaches bring in their guys all the time. It just, you don't see them fire the longest tenured player in team history very often. But I think, you know, McQuaid's been to two Pro Bowls. He's clearly really good at what he does. And you're weighing it and you're saying, okay, the the credentials are similar enough that this makes sense. If you like him more, whatever. And McQuaid's 33, LP's 40. Mm. So, I mean, if you can get, and what, LP got here during Parcells? Yeah, And off stayed off through, bottom. he was here from Bill Parcells to Mike McCarthy. So if <laughs> yeah. Jake McQuaid catches on here, he could be the long snapper for the next four or five coaches. who will be hell running knows? this department by then. Who's it's next? entirely possible.
2: <laughs> Who's next?
3: The next coach. Um, go-
2: <laughs> man, that's, that. sure. <laughs> I'm uh, kidding. Kellen Moore. You know, um, let me say this. Oh, and I really don't want to transition into that with Kellen Moore talk about, like, next coach. I'm not saying yeah. that. When Kellen Moore was getting talked about being the coach at Boise State, I'll be honest, I I look at him and I don't see head coach. Why? I don't – well, I just didn't. I didn't see it. It, it, Personality-wise, standing up there all that, I didn't really see that in Mike Zimmer either, and he's been a really good coach and all that. You don't have to be this charismatic, you know, Jerry Glanville type, you know, whatever, all the time. Yesterday I saw it more with Kellen than I've ever seen before. I thought he had a lot more presence up there, command. I thought he was really insightful with his things. You're joking a little bit, you know, I mean, even kind of knowing his strength, knowing that he's not the gonna be the star of HBO Hard Knock, which might make him the star of Hard you know, yeah when you do that. But I I again I'm not saying this is new head next head coach of Cowboys, anything like that? I just think I could see head coaching material for him for some team or college pro, whatever. You know, I, ironic.
3: Go ahead. Oh, I just, I mean, the guy that brought him here is—it's the same guy. Like Kellen Moore was a better quarterback than Jason Garrett, but like, far I, better, yeah. Far better, but it's—it's it's like uncanny to me. Like, wait. I think,
2: Win In college? college.
3: Absolutely. Yes, college. I'm about yeah. Okay, yeah, okay I'm saying. I mean, in in j- no, not in the NFL. Okay, Both okay. of them were backups in the NFL. But right. in, in college, he was far better. Winningest college quarterback yeah, yeah, yeah. ever. Had a really great Thanksgiving game. I mean, yeah, I don't okay. know. I, I'm just saying. <laughs> the way
2: Garrett led them back against Dartmouth back in 90. <laughs> I missed that game. <laughs> Me too. So. But I bet he did. I bet he beat Harvard. I, just, I
3: think, you know, Kellen, you know, kind of very smart guys. Know a ton about football. Former quarterback. Offensive-minded. Didn't have an amazing NFL career. Both wore seventeen, by the way.
2: Knew when to get hurt to get out of the way <laughs> so Dak could get in. Yeah, great point. Yeah. Uh,
3: I think Kellen's a little more comfortable showing his personality, but not all the way. Con- like he doesn't like that stuff. He'll grow know. into that. Yeah. I think. yeah, but like, but you know, um, you remember you've seen the commercials that he does in yeah. Idaho, right? Yeah. Like it, it's there. Yeah. He's got one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: reminds me of Tony. Like Romo, like yeah. that same thing. He'd show you something very different here than what his real personality. is. Yeah, no, means. he
3: doesn't like to put it on display, but it's there. But I, he, uh, I, 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 he got me. He threw me off. He got me. <laughs> got him. All sides. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, Hill,
2: yeah, I have no idea what he just said, but I have some. I have something. you like, Aggie it, is, is what he, is he said. Something hey, about OU. Bayou Aggie. Program,
3: this is going to be so much fun. A program that hasn't won
2: something since the Bush administration. Here we go. Here we go. Is, here yeah. we go. Anyway. I don't know why Texas are so excited about it. Me neither.
1: Because we get to recruit without that being held over our heads. That's why I'm excited about it. I mean, Iowa State,
2: Tech, and Baylor were giving some, you know, some.
3: I don't
1: care about that. Like that's irrelevant. What I care about is we get to recruit without the SEC being held over our head.
3: That's you the. Point. Lost your number one
1: quarterback recruit to the Big Ten. It, it doesn't it matter. Not the SEC, but it doesn't matter well, right we, now. Nobody the big, wants to the listen big, to big, this. But by the way, the big, ten, the, big ten, the, <laughs> the big Ten, is just as good as the SEC right now uh, as far as their reputation. Nobody's saying, well, you want to go and play in the SEC or like either one of those are comparable. You, for you don't.
3: You don't hear the actually good program Oklahoma making all this noise. They're just like, yeah, we'll play no. ball, whatever, we'll do it. And Texas, not is true. like, ah, I don't, not I don't, true. Nobody don't cares about listening. OU, OU fans. So I, don't, <laughs> right, I, don't, you know. I don't know. Anything. Anyway,
1: get back to the Cowboys.
3: So, what were you saying, Dave? Sorry, I don't remember. Oh, <laughs> I, I think, I mean, Kellen Moore just reminds me a lot of Jason Garrett. I think is yeah. what I was trying to say. And actually, I'll, it was ironic that you said that, Nick, because yesterday, as I was
1: standing there watching Kellen Moore, I was thinking to myself, you know, he kind of fits the part of a of a coach. Like I can see him standing. He was standing there. He was taking the questions. He was fairly engaging with the questions, with his answers. I, I thought, actually, he did present for me yesterday as, a, as what a coach would be.
2: Well, all three head of those coach. guys were up there. Dan Quinn's been a head coach. He's coached in a Dan Super Quinn's Bowl. Dan Quinn's on a whole he's, other he's, level, he's, level. Yeah, he's yeah. on a different level. John Fossil was an interim coach uh, for a couple of games. Um, He's very good at his craft. His dad, as he talked about, Mm -hmm. has been a coach in a Super Bowl. He understands how that works. And Kellen Moore, I think, is on his way as well. And Kellen Moore's dad was a coach, right? Coached him in high school. school. So, you know, this is a very well-rounded group of coordinators, and not just coordinators, but, you know, look on the staff again. How many guys have been a head coach? I know last year it was five. This year it's it's maybe four again, with yeah. uh, they been a head coach at some point, Kellen Moore. Uh, not Kellen Moore, but uh Quinn. Those Fossil, three f- and Philbin, Philbin um uh, McAdoo's on the staff now. He's yeah. been a mm-hmm. coach. So you know, they they've got guys that, that can, you know, hopefully help McCarthy if needed when you know, just for different things that that pop up. Yeah. Which I'm not
3: I'm not trying to stir up drama at all. I'm not suggesting Kellen Moore has ulterior motives, but I don't think you turn down the head job at your program where you're a god to just be an OC in the NFL. You know, sure.
1: no, but I do think you turn it down if your expectation. And
3: I, yes, I agree with that's you. What he's saying,
1: the, yeah. The one thing I will say is I don't think he necessarily has designs on this head coaching job. I think no, he looked at it. As, no, that's yeah. my point. Okay, yeah. But
2: he's like, if you're going to get in college football, you go to Boise. Yeah,
3: yeah,
1: because exactly.
2: Boise, that's where he went. That's
3: exactly right. He's like. Which he loves Boise, but he's like, I, I, I've I got higher aspirations than yep. Boise State.
1: And let's be clear, if this offense plays the way that we all expect it to play this year, and let's assume for a second that maybe they get with that some team success, he's going to be a hot commodity next year Ooh. as far as head coaching jobs are concerned yeah. in the NFL.
3: If this offense is as good as it should be, he's going to be, you know, he'll be in that, you know, there's always that circle of coordinators that's, you know, it's been the enemy for forever at this yep. point. He'll be he'll be on that list if this offense is where it's supposed to be. Absolutely. All right, we
1: appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, we'll have more to talk about Cowboys. I'm mean, sorry, we'll be back on Monday. Tomorrow we'll be talking Cowboys. Uh, we'll have these practices today and tomorrow. We'll be able to recap those for you and give you some insight as to what we're seeing out here in Oxnard. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio.